0: Have you ever heard the term creation care? Maybe that's a new phrase for you or maybe you've heard it before in the news, but it's it's this idea that we're called to care for the created order, for our earth, for its land and its seas. And as Christians, that means something particular because we believe that God actually in some way created this world that we're a part of. We don't necessarily think it happened in seven days. We think it happened over many millennia, billions of years, and yet this creation is a holy and sacred place. In this message, our pastor of Congregational Care, Sally Campbell Evans, is going to talk to us about creation care and what it means that on the third day of creation, God created the land and the seas. How can we care? for the land and the seas that God created. So check it out and I'll be back afterwards to tell you some next steps.
1: Can you remember when you first noticed and were overcome by the beauty of the earth? Can you remember when you were aware that God created this incredibly beautiful world for you, for me, for all of us now and in the future? to enjoy. The summer of 2013, it was the year we moved from Tallahassee to Tampa, and all three of our kids were in college. So that summer, they decided to work as camp counselors over at Warren Willis Camp. It's such a beautiful place. And because we were moving, it was, well, a crazy summer, but we were happy to be close enough to go visit them on family weekend. And I vividly remember how keen they were to show us their favorite new friends, their special meditation spots, and introduce us to some unusual pets. Especially Zach and Ben were delighted to introduce us to their new friends, a chameleon and a bearded dragon, and then tell us how to take care of them. Yes, our sons were like sponges, learning about these unusual creatures and about the landscape. The environment, and the natural habitats of central Florida. That next summer, 2014, they all worked as camp counselors up at Camp Canoga in Hendersonville, North Carolina. Now let me just say that that change of camps had more to do with girlfriends and boyfriends and cooler weather than merely wanting to get farther away from home. But that summer, Clark and I visited one weekend, and as our kids showed us around, they went on and on about taking their campers on hikes and overnight camping trips into the mountains. They talked endlessly about the cold mountain streams and the bright flowering vines and what plants or mushrooms one could eat if one was lost in the woods. Now, I confess they were already quite fond of the great outdoors, but that summer, their love and appreciation for God's beautiful creation grew exponentially they were realizing that they were connected to others and to God through creation. It was simply amazing to behold. As the years have passed, their love for God's good earth has continued to grow deeper and stronger, but it is now seen with mature eyes that notice how we are damaging the earth and its natural habitats. They are aware that many species are dying out each year. There are more frequent and intense storms, droughts, and heat waves. They know sea levels are rising and glaciers are melting. They, like you perhaps, are more aware how all of this is wreaking havoc on real people, on livelihoods, and whole communities. Our kids often challenge us about saving water and going green and doing more composting. They have become some of our best teachers. And as the years have rolled on, in one way or another, they continue to say to us, it is such a beautiful place. Why don't we do more to take care of it? Or in thinking about today's sermon, I wonder, what are we doing to restore it to the goodness of God's original intention? Friends, this is not a sermon about the value of sending your kids to summer camp, although I highly recommend it. Rather, it is an affirmation that all creation is the Lord's, and we take delight in the beauty of the earth and its natural wonders. But the story doesn't end there. Today, we're continuing our sermon series, The Seven, The Wonder of Creation, Now, you might recall that two weeks ago when Pastor McGray was kicking off this series, he said the Bible is not meant to be a science textbook that tells us how creation happened. It is first and foremost a theology book that tells us who did the creating and why. Or another friend of mine put it this way, Genesis 1 is not a how to create the universe cookbook. It doesn't answer our questions of how, but it does answer our questions other questions, such as what our relationship to God is, to other creatures, and to the earth itself. The creation story at the beginning of Genesis is a beautiful liturgical poem about the home that God made for and gave to us. God's week, that first week, was perfectly symmetrical. The first three days God marks out the earthly realms, day and night, sky and sea, land and plants. The next three days, God populates the realms, stars and planets, birds and creatures, land animals and humans, and then God rested on the Sabbath. Today, we're talking about day three, when God separated the sky from the dry land and the waters that God called the seas. And upon the earth, plant life grew, the earth's first forms of life, and God saw that it was good. But through the years, We've realized that it is us humans who are responsible for the ways in which we use and abuse creation. And that's when I hear my children and my children's children silently pleading me within the night, it's such a beautiful place. Why don't we take better care of it? We're at a critical point. Climate change is impacting people and places around the world, especially the most vulnerable communities. About 10 years ago, the Council of Bishops of the United Methodist Church wrote a letter entitled, God's Renewed Creation, Call to Hope and Action. And in it, they wrote, God's creation is in crisis. We, the bishops of the United Methodist Church, cannot remain silent when God's people and God's planet suffer this beautiful, natural world is a loving gift from God, the creator of all things, seen and unseen. And God has entrusted its care to all of us, but we have turned our backs on God and our responsibilities. I remember a United Methodist missionary saying, it's, it's more than recycling and styrofoam. It's about relationships with God, with each other, and all of God's creation. It's about how we live with each other, and it's a moral and spiritual issue. It's a covenant. So feeling pretty motivated by all this, I reached out to our annual conference offices to see what is happening around our state, and I was led to the conference creation care team. This is a statewide group that meets each month on Zoom, and it's called Eat, Pray, Grow. At each of these meetings, you can eat your lunch during the call, pray for creation and receive spiritual nourishment and hope, and grow in creation care leadership with access to tools, training, and Florida-specific advocacy. And guess what? Their next meeting is on Tuesday, January 24th at noon. It's on Zoom. So if you want to know more, you can speak to me or check it out on our Next Steps page on the website. The Florida Conference Task Force leader is Kara Fleischer, and I've known her for over 15 years, but I never really knew how and why she became so passionate about caring for the creation. So I called her last week and chatted with her about it. She said, in 2002, my first child was born, a little girl, and that day there was a code purple smog alert in Atlanta. So we had to take precautions and stay inside. I had to stay inside and couldn't share this great out of doors with my baby. This quickly opened my eyes to the environment. My baby did get infant asthma and had to go take regular nebulizer treatments. And I began studying and learned a great deal about the quality of the air and I learned about air pollution. And then our doctor recommended we move back to Florida. And so we did and we moved to Tampa. And that was the year we had to deal with three hurricanes hitting our area. So we eventually moved to Tallahassee. I'm a native Floridian, she said, and I became concerned about our state and that concern has continued to grow. I joined Citizens Climate Lobby and began writing letters to my representatives. At church, we talked about a community garden and now, seven years later, we have a very productive one. We grow and donate hundreds of pounds of food to our local food pantry. We push green events. We have a silverware lending program so folks don't have to use plasticware for their parties. We assist growers, compost on property, and we have so much fun doing it. We recently received a $10,000 grant from Earth Keepers solely for outings and education. So we're going kayaking and hiking with neighboring youth groups and forming intergenerational groups to learn together about our ecosystem and how to care for it. To see grandparents and grandkids working in the garden, having fun, making memories and growing food together, it's a beautiful thing. And now each year during our Easter egg hunt, the day before Easter, we have what we call Ladybug Jubilee. And we release 10,000 ladybugs in our area. Ladybugs eat aphids and everyone can learn about the cycle of insects and how important they are. Indeed, more than 80% of flowering plants and food crops are pollinated by insects. We have movie nights, we bring in speakers, and our next goal is trying to figure out solar power And getting charging stations at church. When you have a creation care ministry, she beamed, the whole life of the church looks through that lens. I am so proud of Kara and the way she is leading her church and our conference efforts in creation care. I must say that she even took it one step further and ran for office Yes, since 2018, she's been serving as Leon County's Soil and Water Supervisor of District 2. She was recently sworn in for another four years and is doubling down on her efforts for better air quality, which was her original focus. She ended our conversation reminding me that environmental stewardship is a religious value. Friends, there is no simple checklist of either 50 or 100 or even a thousand foolproof ways to save the earth. If only it were that easy. The truth is that we alone cannot save the earth, but we, you and I, are called to help in God's ongoing saving work in the world. This is our task, to learn to reshape our lives to honor rather than destroy God's creation To participate in God's saving work will be an ever-unfolding journey, one that has no definable end, but that is both worthwhile and it is absolutely vital for the future of our planet. There is natural beauty around the globe, from the Amazon rainforest all the way to the Arctic tundra. There's also a lot that needs to be repaired and healed. We are bound to each other. We are bound to God by our convictions and our integrity. Everyone is needed, so bring your gifts and come. Let's get to work. For indeed, it's such a beautiful place. Why don't we take better care of it? Will you pray with me? Oh, holy God, in this, your beautiful but fragile world, bless those who dedicate their lives to its care, who within their hearts have a passion to protect its oceans, forests, plants, and creatures, who are stewards of this world that is our home, this world created by your hand and given life by your breath. A precious place this your gift to us its waters refreshing its soil providing its air sustaining in this your beautiful creation we ask you to bless those who dedicate their lives to its care amen
0: i hope this message inspired you to think a little bit more about practical ways that you can make a difference in our world by caring for our creation It is fragile. I've heard it described as a fragile oasis by NASA astronauts who have been up in space and seen our earth from 200 miles up and they just say it changed them. They realized that this is a fragile planet and we have to protect it. So I hope that something that you heard in this message helps inspire you to take a step in caring for our environment. Down in the notes are some reflection questions that you can use to go deeper with this message. If you want to talk to some people about this message, we have small groups. We have communities that you can join online and in person. And you can find out more about those at our Next Steps page, hydeparkumc.org forward slash next steps. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.